Welcome to Karate and Garage. I'm Corey Cole. I'm Freddie Woff. Today we are talking about Prophecy from 1979. Um, this is the first in a series of horror movies we're doing this month. We decided to make a week ago. <laughs> Let's do horror movies yeah, for October. So, hmm. so yeah, so so Bloodtober, whatever the fuck we're calling it. Yeah, man, whatever. Um, Rocktober. So we have this. Um, we have another one sort of kind of going to happen that we've already recorded, but that was back in, we're not going to say what it is. We're not, we're going to, we're going to surprise you when it actually shows up on your phone or whatever, but we still haven't decided the other three. If we, if we still stick with that other potluck, (laughs) I have a feeling that we're going to just let our conversations about this kind of inform us what we do next. Anyway. So 1979, this movie turned 40 years old last June, like June 16th. Right. Just this past June. So I was all of a month away from being 10 years old in movies like this. There weren't a lot of horror movies coming out at that time, period. Much less a horror movie that was PG that allowed me to walk right into that I didn't have to go. How am I going to sneak into this one? And weirdly enough, man, I don't know that this movie would be rated PG-13 now. I mean, it could be. But what I want to say is this movie came out. Was this Paramount? It was Paramount, right? Mm-hmm. So my my question for you is, have you ever looked at the poster to this and the poster of Alien? Yeah. And notice how similar they look. Yep. The difference is, is that we get a, we get a reveal what's inside the egg. Right. And Here it, you're seeing the egg. And I don't want to be an asshole or anything, but it's a mutated something bear thing. Yeah. Oh shit, we're kind of like bearing the lead. Anyway, the point is, is that it wouldn't be in an egg. <laughs> I mean, is that an embryo? I mean, what? I mean, well, I know uh, that's yeah, kind come of on. A, I mean, I know, but they were but, literally. I mean, I feel like. Somebody got an early glance at the alien poster and was like, oh, dude. 1979. And there's not a lot of horror movies out. And and this is a big studio movie, relatively speaking. Yeah. Absolutely. For, what was the budget? 15 million or something? 12, uh, 12, 12 says, million in 78 when they went to production. It's probably 35, yeah. 36 and million just, now. And the kind of dollar amount that you just don't see made anymore. If you make a movie for $400,000. Or you make a movie for $150 million. Right. John Frankenheimer is a name. John Frankenheimer is somebody that's produced some classic flicks. So for him to get the money to make this movie is not a big deal. But it's not a lot of money. Right. And it, it, it was kind of sandwiched in between a couple sort of... Again, I don't know. This was a weird period. Because it was sandwiched in between Black Sunday, which I love. Which was the right. you know terrorist blow at the Super Bowl movie. Right. Um, and the challenge with Scott Glenn. So this was sandwiched in between those two movies. Right. Um, oddly enough, I don't know that I remembered it was Frankenheimer until we started talking about covering it. And then I'm like, oh my God, it's Frankenheimer. One of the things that I have, I've had a hard time separating since I was a kid was when I'm learning about directors and, and other names and becoming more familiar with other work that they've done once I become enamored of something that, that I'm exposed to for the first time. How often I mistake Freakin and Frankenheimer. It was it was like and it wasn't because he looked alike or the movies were like it was just the names the names were so unique to me that I didn't recognize them. And one directed French Connection and one did French Connection too. There's that too, yeah. But I feel like uh, Frankenheimer. I feel like he's Friedkin's mentor or idol, kind of. Maybe. I feel like I read that somewhere These once. These are the kind of things that we would normally research. And I mean, I mean, I don't know that it's that important. And I, I no. it wasn't something I thought until you just started saying it. But it, I mean, yes, I'm with you 100. percent Like, yeah. I kind of thought 
at one point when I was younger, they were the same person, maybe. Like, yeah, I wasn't sure. That's what I mean is I couldn't remember if they were the same guy. And because of that, it's the same reason when I was looking at IMDb, double checking some stuff for Frankenheimer. And I'm like, wait, he didn't do the first French Connection? Because I totally had it in my head that he did both. I was wrong because of that, that confusion between the two guys and their names. The names are close enough. And when you kind of have that ingrained when you're eight, nine years old, you don't think about it again. Right. I mean, it just makes, right. it's just kind of, you're like, yeah, that's what it is. And that's a fact. Right. I mean, <laughs> and then, no, it's not a fact. It's not even close to a fact. Right. John Frankenheimer's directing it right. during a weird period because, I mean, he went on to make other things like Dead Bang with Tom Johnson, 52 Pickup, which I'm a giant fan of. Love 52 Pickup. Um, so we're smack dab in the middle of that. So we got John Frankenheimer. We got Paramount trying to put out a film to compete with Alien. <laughs> maybe right. they've even kind of ripped off the poster. Um, also, it's written by David Seltzer, who wrote The Omen. Right. Which kind of adds to the confusion of um, The Exorcist, The Omen, Frankenheimer, Friedkin. Right. Uh, and then we can add a little bit more to that because the male lead of this movie, Robert Foxworth. Yeah. He is in Damien Omen 2. Right. But I mean, David Seltzer wrote a ton of like, you know, movies that like, I'm like, wow, he wrote that. He wrote that. He wrote, I mean, he wrote The Omen. He wrote uh, Final Conflict. I mean, maybe just the characters, I guess, were probably. But he wrote Bird on a Wire. He wrote Someone to Watch Over Me, the Ridley Scott movie. He also wrote and directed Lucas, which we're going to talk about one day. I don't know how, I don't know what your thoughts on it, but uh, we're going to do like, some, we're going to do another Corey Hay movie and it'll be Lucas. Why? Why not? What for? I mean, I'd rather do that than Rudy. Dude, we've had the pinnacle of Corey Hay movies. You're correct. We, well, that, I mean, yes. Look, we, what about Watchers? We don't have to get into it here, but we're recording episode 11, 10. 10. How can this be 10, Corey? Because I don't count 10 on my phone. Well, the third episode we ever recorded, it was never been released, is Silver Bullet. We have referenced it almost every single episode. We keep talking about it. <laughs> since we did, since we recorded that episode back <clears throat> in March. And it was just recently that we both decided that, you know what, this thing is okay to put out. Maybe one day it will see the light of day. It, it we don't might, know. It might. We don't know. But yeah. So, because you've heard us make some, lots of Reverend Werewolf uh, references. <laughs> Reverend Werewolf. Other episodes. <laughs> and and Marty and, and people, Tammy's dad yelling at the wrestling on TV. <laughs> I know we've Uncle Red. I feel like every almost every episode we make a reference to Silver Bullet, which yeah. says something about the movie. Yeah, the, the impact the movie timeless. <laughs> timeless. Timeless. I put it up there with Gone with the Wind. Timeless transformation. I would rather watch Silver Bullet than Gone with the Wind. Um, so um, we, we mentioned earlier that Robert Foxworth from Damien Omen Two and playing his wife is a recognizable face, especially at this point. Italia Shire plays oh yeah, his man. cellist wife. Cellist. It sounds funny to say it that way. She's a, his wife that plays cello. She's a cellist in, in some orchestra somewhere. Right. And he actually works for the EPA. What the fuck's his name? Foxworth's name? Yeah. Does he even? I mean. Vern. Vernon? Is it no. Vern? Is it Vern? It's Vern. I feel like it, you could or be Or is that right. his last name? I don't know because when we first meet him, he's he's in, a, he's in the tenement. 
No, his name's Rob. Not Rob. Vern. What they call, what's his last name? Who's Vern? Yeah, dude, he's just Rob. Somebody says Vern a lot in the movie. Maybe he's Robert Vern. I don't know, man. I mean, I'm just saying. We couldn't get Robert Vaughn, so we're going to call you Robert Vern. You know, she. her name's Maggie. His name's Rob. The only person that has a last name in the fucking movie is Armando Sante, and it's John Hawks, because they don't just call him John. It's like, we're looking for John Hawks. Like, no, they say, the, no, when they come to arrest for him, they ask for John Hawks. The, the rest of the time, they call him Hawks. Um, anyhow, um, so, so, yeah. so Rob, Rob, Robert Foxworth, they probably just named him Rob. So it was easy to remember him. Yeah. He works for the EPA and he gets approached by his boss to go up to Maine and this village that's having some trouble with the native American community there and the paper mill that's there at that time, there was a lot of conflict with the government and Native, Americans. and Native Americans. This precursors the phrase and then the use of Native Americans because they even refer oh, yeah, themselves to re- Indians quite a bit in yeah. the movie. Again, says a lot about the time. That was the big focus. The, the, the two main things that were going on in the world at the time get put in this movie. You know, hey, we're fucking, we're fucking up, up the planet. Fucking up the planet. And as far as localization goes, and we're taking Native Americans, which has always been a problem. Yeah. Since we got here. Since since we brought polio and whatever the fuck. Right. Was. VD and everything chicken, else. Chicken pox, dude. Chicken pox. Holy fuck. But yes, chicken pox. And it's, it, dude, there's so many weird, like, like things in this movie. Like, there's that. And there's, there's more. There's, you know, the fact that the cellist's wife is pregnant. Oh, right. Which comes into, you know, it's mentioned. It's like a throwaway earlier. It's weird. You don't think much of it. Right. Because and- they kind of bury it. They go into production in 1978 with this, with a script that was probably written maybe early in that year, maybe late 77, somewhere yeah, in there. somewhere like that. But how far removed from Roe v. Wade are we? Six years? Eh, something Seven like that. Seven years? Yeah, seems like. Still a heavy-duty topic. And turns out there's, from, from our perspective anyway, for both of us, this movie is a little uh, anti-abortion, too. There's some anti-abortion uh, themes running through this, uh, kind of tie into the whole... Uh, ecological theme and uh you know there's so there's a lot of there's a lot of undercurrent in this movie it's it's, It's not your average horror movie Corey. right and it's it's not super heavy-handed i mean it's a little but at times well the 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 anti-abortion thing wasn't something that i kind of picked up on until i saw it again last night right um but then at the same time i wasn't thinking about abortion anything the last time i saw it i'm pretty sure yeah i didn't know what abortion was when i was Ten, nine, whatever. So he's he's Rob heads up to Maine because that's where men go. Maine. Um, there's one thing that needs to be said about this movie. It is beautifully shot. Yeah, it really is gorgeous. The the opening six seven minutes of the movie, which you know will let you enjoy. We won't even talk about it. It precursors the introduction to Robin and Maggie, and it's quite good. It's really it's really it's beautifully you, shot. Yeah, shot well. Shot well. Cut well. Very looks suspenseful. Great. Yeah. So Rob and Maggie arrive at this lake. It's one of those, they're so ingrained into this forest that the only way they can get in is by a helicopter or seaplane. Right. They're really smart the way they shot it. And by the way, some the overall, there's very little like soundstage work in this movie. You know, is that, I, maybe one big build, one, maybe one build. Right. I mean, I might even say that the attack at the campsite Probably on stage, on oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, we're looking to blow things up on the sound stage. Yeah, let's 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 blow this uh, <laughs> let's blow this apartment up. So when they when they land and they're met at the the lake port by 
what the fuck's his name? Damn, Doc it? Copper from the Doc Thing. Doc Copper from the Thing. Dude, because as soon as he started talking, I was like, oh my God, it's Copper. <laughs> Richard Dysart. Yeah, Richard Dysart playing the owner of the paper mill. He's Ronald there. Isley. Obviously, yes. That's his name, there's right? An, yeah, there's a last name for you. Right, Isley. Isley. He's an Isley brother. <laughs> He's one of the Isley brothers. He's the one that went up to Maine. He's the adopted one. <laughs> He's the one that can't sing. He, he, when he's going on, when he's going off about the cello, he says, "I can't carry a tune in a bucket." That's right. He does right? say that, doesn't he? He does. And he's he's like, it's weird because she gets out of the car or she gets out of the helicopter, right, with the or the seaplane with her cello. With, with cello. And he's like, immediately knows what he's like. She's like, he's like, is it a blah blah blah? And she's like, no, it's a blah blah. And he's like, blah 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 blah. Three kinds of wood. Da, yeah. da, 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 da. And they haven't even opened the case. It's he's looking at the case, right? And then he says, "I could carry a tune in a bucket, but I know wood." But I know wood. Okay, dude. I got wood. These are the kind of questions that you ask yourself as you're watching a movie that you don't ask as a kid. When she gets out of the plane with her cello, am I going, how long are they going to be there for? Right. And why does she bring that? <laughs> she's got to stay in practice. She's only she's, been playing her whole life. She might forget. And she already knows that she's pregnant. Yes. So, But she's the one carrying right. the damn right. cello around. What the? Because Foxworth isn't doing anything about it. Because Foxworth has no idea. Nope. Because I, he's too busy teasing I, his Donald Sutherland hair. Why doesn't he know that she's pregnant? He's a doctor or of some kind. The question's never answered. It's asked, but Sometime. it's never answered. So, yeah, later on. We'll ask it again. <laughs> we'll ask it again. Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe not. We might blow right past it. So they get there and Mr. Paper Mill is just, you know, he's already on his knees taking care of the EPA guy, oh, flating him every step of the Dude, way, making him super comfortable. My wife picked up some groceries for you. Right. It's, I felt I mean, like I we walked I got, all, I got all 1920s on No, <laughs> dude, you just went all Maine. It's, you sound like every episode. That's how everybody sounds on Murder, She Wrote. Well, I found your thing, Jessica. <laughs> nice violin. Whatever. Fuck off. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, and he's got, he's so practiced with his speech. It's like, he's right. like been working it like, okay, the EPA guy's coming. <laughs> so what am I going to say about paper and this and that and the other? All right, here we go. <laughs> I'm really good with suction. I'm really good with suction cups. So, like I said, Mr. Paper Mills decided that he is going to do everything possible to make sure this report comes back positive. Now, there's no indication right now that the paper mill aren't, aren't keeping things above right. board. Right, I mean, it all looks he's, good. He's given the pitch. He's not disclosing anything. He's You think he's disclosing everything he needs to disclose, but you're kind of like, meh. He's talking awfully quick. But say, hey, we're going to go up there and take a look at some shit. We're going to go look at the operation. They climb into their... Cheap Cherokees? Old, old Cherokees? Yeah, they're old Cherokees. Like I was going to say old land cruisers, but it's all the same. Yeah, whatever. But they were the good... They were when the they were still when Jeep made Jeep before Chrysler. Before Chrysler. When, when they still looked like they could handle driving in the woods. When they weren't made of aluminum. And they have to stop immediately on this dirt road because there's a whole bunch of people. Yeah. What's going on here? They look like indigenous people. They look like Native they, Americans. They look like Native Americans. Or in this case... Indians. Indians. Because, hey, look, I'm just saying... I'm only, I'm only I'm pointing quoting. out how how cringy it is when they... Even when they put the words in the characters' mouths that are playing Native Americans, say Indians, it's just... We're talking about this movie, which is 1979, and in 1979, they were still calling them Indians, so I'm not yeah. defended no, at no, all. No, 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 no. It's, it's just weird. To, it is weird to hear it's it. It's cringy to hear Like it. in the world we live in now, yeah. it would never happen. But uh, yeah, I've spent more half my life not calling them Indians, but I've been calling them yeah. Native Americans. Right, totally. Yeah. I mean, they don't call them Redskins. My mom still, dude, will say, like, she's still upset because my high school that went to high school was the Redskins was our mascot and Dude. they're no, they're changing it. And they, and my mom is upset. She's like, I bought you a t-shirt because they're having a t-shirt because they're trying to save the name Redskins. And I'm like, 
Well, you don't have to do that because, first of all, I'm never going to wear a T-shirt from my high school. And second of all, I if you know they should change the name. It's fine. It's it's, it's kind of racist. Terrible. Uh, so we come across these uh, natives. Get some. Uh, the real people of Maine. They're going up this road and they stop because there's a whole bunch of people standing across the road. And these Native Americans there. And one of those Native Americans is uh, Armand Asante. I got to say, it's the first thing I've ever seen him in. Yeah. I mean, he's, dude, he's super handsome and young. I mean, I was like, yeah. like wow. I, I mean, no, let's be. He's probably honest. 30. Is he only 30? I think so, because I, I, I mean, I would say I he's mean, probably around thirty. Is he, is he, I mean, he might be a little bit younger than thirty. That I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, he's but he's he's a, it's a young Armand Desante, like yeah. super like and very stoic. Yeah, Armand Desante. You quickly learn that whatever goodwill Mister Paper Mill had presented to Rob and Maggie out the fucking window right now because they're both Hawks. John Hawks is the character that Armand Desante is playing. He and Mr. Paper Mill start going oh, at yeah. it. They're going at it. This is a this is a long standing feud between the paper mill and the natives and, and the Native Americans. And this is what kind of what Rob's boss was talking about before he hopped on a plane and why he's coming there to handle the report. They say step aside, and they finally enter some brief you know arguments about it. They all step aside, and there's a chain going across the road. Obviously, it's impassable unless that chain is gone. Yeah. <laughs> What does Mr. Papermill say? Go go cut the trees down. Cut the trees down. Okay, first of all, let's say let's talk about that for a moment. Cut the trees down. A little extreme, right? And you know how long it takes to cut a tree that size down? Yeah. And I wanna also point out They're wielding chainsaws. Yes. Well he's the the Mr. Papermill's guy's wielding chainsaws and Armana Sante has himself an axe and they start having a, a chainsaw fight. and axe fight. Right. And they go at it and it elevates fast. I mean, it just kind of goes from eh, this you know, casual let drive us pass. the road. Like, hey, come on, man. Don't be a dick. Let us go. Fuck you, man. He's here from the EPA. And he doesn't say why he's there. He's just like, he's like, he's here to kind of he's show here. us that we have no wrongdoing here. Or whatever here. the fuck he says. He's here to take. Yes, exactly. He's here to right. exonerate the white man. <laughs> that's what he's there for. Yes. That's what, that's what the, that's what he'd like to he's, believe. He's here to clear our names. Hey, he's here to tell you we're all good, Jessica. <laughs> So anyway, they get in this big fight. Armando Sante is willing to go. He's willing to He's willing take to, that chainsaw, dude. cut his head off for the sake of keeping that chain up. Yeah. And eventually the girlfriend or wife, whatever she is, backs Ramona. off and she unlocks the padlock and lets everybody through. Something I thought was funny. And again, this is the adult me. Cut down the trees. Dude, once you cut down the one tree, you can just lift the chain off the one trunk and then move it across. You don't need to cut them both down. Savages. Yeah. So they're trying to show you who's the savage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, it's... Paper you know, mill guy. It's 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 part of our undercurrent. Yeah. And in the way, prior to this, the way they're painting Mr. Paper Mill is like, yeah, we do everything possible, say, and then we, we plant saplings every year. They, everything they cut He's down... He's the nicest guy in the world. He is. There's no... <laughs> there's no slow There's no burn. subtlety, for there's sure. There's no slow burn <laughs> with this character just all of a sudden, hey, dick, get out of the way. I yeah, need to pass. Totally. He goes from zero to 100. He turns into like... <laughs> You know, he became instantly, first of all, he's so willing to just thug out, right? And just kill the guy. Yeah, man. Part of me is like going, but look at his guy. His guy didn't hesitate. He was like, the guy was like earnest about taking off Armanasante's head. Yeah. He, he he go, he go, he goes from Doc Copper to Coyla Hood from Pale Rider, like in that, that quick. Um, Just do it. 
take her, take the girl. And you realize later on when the, when he's standing there with all his dudes, they're all big. They're all thugs. Yeah, man. They don't. They're lumberjacks. I don't. Know, they're lumbering something. They're lumber something. Yeah, like they're they're lumberjacks from like Boston. <laughs> from hey, since they're in Maine, I can say they're from Shawshank. Yeah. Boom. There you go. Look at me go. Shawshank. See that I did. I said that just don't for Freddy, make me because Freddie doesn't like it. No, I don't. Hate mail. <laughs> I don't Rating like it. it. It's okay, man. <laughs> Email me. I don't care. Twitter me up. I'm not going to apologize. We need I don't followers. care about I don't, I don't. It's not even that I don't like it. I just don't care about it. <laughs> I don't care about Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> there. I've said it. Oh, shit. Anyway, so. I like Brubaker. <laughs> you give me my prison movies. Give me Brubaker. So the chain gets let down and they drive through. Where do they go next? Oh, they go in, they drive up to the, the slough, like where the, you know, where the logs are. Oh, right. They're come, you know, we're seeing the, now we're seeing the manufacturing of it all. We go into a montage, kind of. Montage. And then this is where the, you know, what, what don't they see the, they see the land and, you know, he's like, oh, great. And then they, they sort of, they kind of disappear and then they're taken to their lodging. Their lodging. It's Cabin. Cabin. Might have been the same cabin you heard us talking about earlier in the episode. It could have been. Like the in our opening. Where we're hiding. In the cabin. <laughs> it does have a weird tape recorder in it. It does. Which never comes into play. Was she recording herself or was she playing the rest of she's, the... Uh, she's playing back with the rest of the orchestra okay. started practice. Yeah. Because now he's, they got a cabin and they cut to uh, they cut to him. He's out fishing. He's out fishing. It's good times, like man. She's like, showing up. And he's, and he's settling in. And he's out. Yeah, he's going to move in. I mean, he's like, I totally dig it. And see, I'm going to move here. I have to say that from an editing standpoint and from a storytelling standpoint, wouldn't it have been wiser just to have that insert shot to that moment where they run into the Native Americans? Wouldn't it have been better just to put that in later? Yeah. There is no timetable right there about you can pull it up and put it somewhere else and not be weird. Because how can they go ahead and go right to the cabin and so be so relaxed after what just happened that he's going to be out fishing and she's going to be practicing her cello? Because, dude, he is from the inner city. He's seen that he's shit seen, he's every day. He's seen, he's seen chicken pox. Chicken pox. <laughs> we see later on how emotional Maggie gets, right? She's so crying. how would she be okay? She would not be okay she with what just happened. The dude, Armando Santi just got, almost got decapitated. Yeah. In front of like fifteen witnesses, right? Like, yes, dude, that shit was about to get. It was. It, it was about to get. It was about to go from really bad to really, really yeah, bad. Yeah, you know, and she does a lot of emoting in this movie. Yeah, Adrian. Well, she has to do something. I mean, she just Rocky Two came out the same year, right? She's pregnant in that movie too. Yeah, maybe oh, she was pregnant. Shit. Maybe that's Jason Schwartzman running around the woods. <laughs> oh my gosh, it is. Could be. I don't know. When was he born? Sounds about timeline. Sounds about right. Uh, Again, something we could have researched if we cared, but it's kind of on the fly because I'd never thought about it till just now. What about the fly? That's 1986. Another movie where impregnated embryos, science gone wrong. Do we need to cover the fly? No. (laughs) Fly two? Sure. Uh, no, Eric. we don't need to talk about the fly. Everybody else is covered. I, I don't know. Mm, there's nothing we can offer to it other than nope, except our, for a bunch of sarcastic nonsense. Our perspective, which is exactly that nonsense. Right. The best part is when Jeff Daniels barfs on John, uh, Stu, or John Getz's hands. 
Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels. Can I watch that movie? <laughs> Dude, how good would the fly have been with Jeff Daniels? <laughs> <laughs> sure, whatever, man. But um, boy, yeah, boy, if he's in there playing Brendel, yeah, I don't it, know. T- it makes that diarrhea scene in Dumb and Dumber even right. I'm just saying the science. The something, the something wild version of Jeff Daniels in the fly. Um, what so, about what about Jeff Goldblum in Something Wild? Let's continue on with Talia Shire and Jason Schwartzman. And <laughs> so Maggie and Rob are showing what a loving couple they are, and they're separated already after going to this beautiful lake <laughs> and watching. Oh, he was people. born in June 1980. Holy shit! Anyway, wow. Maybe she wasn't pregnant yet because the movie came out in '79. Yeah, but she was so. close to being pregnant. She was practicing. Wow. She played pregnant twice in a row and then was like, let's just do it for real. That's why it's so fresh in her mind. So they're showing how much loving, what a loving couple they are. Separated ones on the lake fishing. The other one's practicing her cello, which is pretty crazy since somebody almost got murdered right in front of them. When they just go in there to make a report about the water. Yeah, it's an EPA report. <laughs> the thing that's so weird is when she shows, like I mentioned earlier, when she shows up with the cello, you're like, how long are they going to be here for? And then what does, you know, what does the Mr. Paper Mill bring? A box of groceries. Right. I'm like, wait a second here. Why don't you, you, you are trying to take care of them. Why isn't, why isn't their cabin reloaded up? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, who knows? Flights get delayed. Yeah, well, There's a number of rural refrigerators. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, <laughs> so I call it, the helicopter guy later. It was something, it was probably the actor said, you know, when I show up there, I should actually be, I should be carrying, I, I should be giving them a box of groceries. And the prop guy's like, Damn, fucking thank you. Thank you, copper. Dick. Dickhead, coil of hood, motherfucker. <laughs> so he's out there he's having out, a good time. It's uh, a he, nice he's, day. He's struggling trying to land the salmon, and he sees a he has a quack of a duck. There's he turns a around cute and sees duck. a duck. Oh, a duck! Oh, and duck! Right next to the duck, all this this flume of water comes bubbles, from, but like you know, like Godzilla's about to come from underneath, or the Gill Man. Yeah, the Gill Man. Yeah, did from, he do that creature from back? Yeah, maybe. Could have. Okay. And all of a sudden the duck disappears. In a horrible... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's the voice of the... That's the sound of the, the, the mutant cubs. <laughs> and, and then later... And, and then he, he's like... So he whips around. He's like, hey, where'd that duck? And a giant trout jumps out of the water. Which... Okay. I mean, it's as big as his I, boat. I just, I just don't understand how nobody... Nobody... Uh, I'm okay. So let's say they shot it out of order. I don't give a shit. How come nobody knew what that fucking fish looked like that they called it a salmon? Yeah, I don't it's know. It's a trap. And, and here's the other thing. If I'm him and I'm sitting in that boat and I see a fish the size of the boat I'm sitting in eat a duck, I'm like, I'm getting the fuck out of there. He's yeah. like, he's not really, he's like, that's odd. What a ju- What a big fish. And he's 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 more excited by it. He, and he works for the EPA. He's, he works for the EPA. And I this is kind of okay. So they cut back to the cabin and... Get the iron, get the iron skillet out, and she's cooking fillets of the salmon. Which, unless he caught more fish, the size of the fish doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Unless he caught to that what's big in fish. The pan. No, even then, it's too small. <laughs> right. It, I mean, she's got enough fish in there for like six people. And he's going, I don't. It was huge. It, it was, was this a- and this. And he's like, she's like, well, this is Paul Bunyan country. Was yeah. that Maine? Yeah, it was Maine. It's like Babe the Blue Ox. <laughs> Really? It's so weird. Why don't you just tell him you're pregnant? (laughs) You weirdo. Yeah. You're too busy playing your damn cello. 
We don't get. We didn't cover this earlier. We know she's pregnant because she finishes playing her cello with when, with her orchestra before she has to pack up and go to Lake. Uh, you know, fucking Minnetonka, Mute, Lake Lake Mutant Bear, <laughs> Lake Kataka, Lake, whatever Lake Sci-Fi. <laughs> she's talking to her friend at the beginning. You know, her other orchestra member friend. It's none of his fucking business. If you want to be pregnant, have that fucking baby. Whatever she says. Well, just she says, why don't you get an abortion? Oh, does That's she say she that? That's what she says. Does well, she yes. She's the first person who says abortion. That's why I was like, oh, God. Oh, see, I missed that. Oh, no. She said, the, the friend said something like, I know you don't want to get an abortion, but I was, blah, 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 blah. I was still under the trance of those dissolves. Yeah, well, they're good ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're they're sitting down to have their food and you know they make their jokes about why shit was big. Paul Bunyan and I Blue just Oxes think it's, and it's so weird for Maggie to be kind of like meh whatever. Hormonal dude, she's pregnant. <laughs> I'm just gonna go right there. <laughs> the man's version of a pregnant woman in 1979. <laughs> yes, I mean that's what they're like, isn't. I mean. I don't, because she's very weird. There's all these shots on her face where she says nothing, but she's doing, you know, she's like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, she's very, yeah, she's very emo in the movie for sure. And, you know, I don't go for the hormonal thing. I just think she's just like, she's just stressing out over this. I mean, hormonal implies that, you know, it's some things that she shouldn't be bugging out about or bugging her, but it's stuff that she legitimately deserved to be bugged out about. Well, she's been drug off to the ma- the <laughs> woods of Maine and she's pregnant and her husband's a fucking weirdo maniac well, with a god complex yeah how about that sure i mean don't they even say it like Do twice they? in the movie yes yeah yeah there's a whole yeah. argument that we're not going to talk about where they have their moment and she's like you're a god complex dick <laughs> and i think that uh i think paper mill guy says it too at one point uh maybe yeah I'm here to save the world and da, da, da. when they have their big argument about all right you know anyway so like they eat the fish they spend the night in the they eat the fish <laughs> they eat the fish. <laughs> they eat their meal. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, I'm not lying. They eat no, the fish. They, they, eat their, they eat the fish. And we, why are we hitting that so hard, Freddie? Why are we hitting that so hard? I don't know. Maybe we'll have to find out. <laughs> Maybe I just like fish, Corey. Maybe I call it like I see it. Like Shawshank Redemption. You know. I, I, Boring. Okay, we, the tadpole you see later on is bigger than the fish you fucking land. Yeah, 100%, but nobody thinks that's weird. Maybe that's what they're cooking in the pan, tadpole. We don't know. Maybe he... No, we, don't we, don't, ta- we, we haven't we, seen the tadpole yet. No, we haven't. So no. anyway. But tadpole. So right. So yeah, the tadpole. So they have dinner. It's all great. They go to sleep and yeah. then they wake up the next day. And they, they had to have woken up the next day because the they, movie carries on. Right. They, they, go, they wake up the next day and then they, for some reason, they go back and they go visit John Hawks and... Uh, the Indian cats. <laughs> the Native Americans. <laughs> yeah. Those guys too. <laughs> like I said, my high school is called the Redskins and I think it's a hundred percent wrong. I'm just saying in the movie, they make, in the movie, they must say, I I wish I I might, if I had patience, I'd go back and count how many times the word Indian is said in the movie. Cause it's, it's a lot. Dude, let me tell you, I'm almost positive about this. It's said more by the characters that were playing Native Americans than the white guy. Yeah. No, totally. So they go and visit the Native Americans in their village. They go. Well, they're going there to see the, you know, what, what is the, where is the, they want to see 
what the problem is and why they why they've chained off the land. They want to see what the big deal is, and so they they're like, okay, we'll show you the big deal, and they take them to the pond. Right. So this is this they're, is it's all jammed up with logs. Right. And this is Hawks and Ramona, his wife or girlfriend or whatever she is. Yeah, we don't know. I mean, they're yeah, they're a couple kind of. Yeah, and they take them to this little pond area and there's lots of logs that are kind of floating almost like a holding area for logs they've already cut down they're overly excited about some activity in the pond area of the lake something's going on and they're and they're like oh like check this out and they're they're taking them there to show them everything oh and they have the old man with them Murray. yeah or whatever the, the chief the chief the oldest guy in and the tribe he's, and he's super excited about this land uh, everything grows big here god provides everything grows the big no one has seen this and he's wearing these giant coke bottle glasses and yeah he, that was always so weird too because he's like he was uh he's he the oldest guy there and native american and buddy holly <laughs> He's got white man glasses on. Yeah. I just thought that was. Yeah, they're Buddy Holly's glasses. He he says something in his native language to Armand Asante, and then Armand Asante goes and starts wading in the pond, and he comes back with a giant tadpole. Right. The, like I said the earlier. The size of a bigger armadillo. Than that, bigger, <laughs> bigger than that fish we saw earlier. I mean, this is like, that thing's massive. It's so massive that I couldn't, I didn't even know what it was. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is he looking at? And then, you know, Donald Sutherland starts Picking it up and moving it around. He's like, tadpole. Well, before he comes over to look at it, he's walking around the area. The trees. The trees. And he's seeing what? The roots are not subterranean. They're yeah. they're growing above ground. And he's right. like, that's strange. Yeah. And as a youngster, I'm like, what the fuck is he looking at the whole time? I don't know what he's looking at. And even when he's like giving me my expositional dialogue of explaining what he's doing, I'm like, even then I'm like, I don't know what all that means. And there's all the weird broken off, like giant branches are snapped off and stuff. Like yeah. something is snapping off <laughs> branches something snapping big and using it for toothpicks i got i got to clean like campers out of my <laughs> the chief is pitching it as in god provides kind of thing you know the spirits provide i should say they give us the they, biggest stuff yeah. for the land but you know, ramona and and hawks are like going this is the paper mill's fault this crap this isn't normal this they, is, they they get yeah. it I mean, yeah. he's old. He's old school and spirit in the sky nonsense. Right. So now Donald Sutherland is so. <laughs> yeah, he's mad. He, he, <laughs> he's mad. <laughs> he's angry at the white man. Yes. Hey, why angry Dude. white man? You're at the white man. White on white crime. Dude, I mean, his perm is scarier than anything in this movie. <laughs> Dude, his perm rocks. And like you said earlier, he really, somebody really went out of his way to make him look like Donald Sutherland did the year before for yeah. the Invasion remake. No, 100%. I mean, so now he's kind of like, what the hell's going on here? This is a serious EPA thing because everything's giant here. This is not normal. No. It and dude, it chaps his hide. So, I mean, he's pissed. Dude, he's can, wound up. I can tell because of his face. Yeah. And in his quaff perm allows you to focus on his angry face. Yeah, it's like looking at Farah. I'm just saying. The Picture curly. him in a swimsuit. Man, but um, dude, at the time, man, everybody had curly hair. Dudes had curly hair. Dude, yeah, man perm. Mm. Man perm. But his, his seemed like legit, though. His seemed like... Natural. I think, yeah. I think I feel like his hair, they just said, dude... I mean, he was probably just growing his hair out at the time. But, I mean, but, there's a lot of... There's a lot of quaffing to that you know thing. i i've been thinking about this all right this is made for tv and tv movies are more uh, more frequent okay who do you who do you swap for who right right 
Okay. Who who is playing the EPA guy? Who's Josh playing? Brolin? No. James Brolin. Not him either. He's he's you know, he's doing the car in nineteen seventy nine. Yeah. He's 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 trying to make it in features. No. Robert Reed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. Yes, you're correct. And you know who would pay the wife? Mm, Kate Jackson from well, Charlie's that, Angels. No, that would still work, but Kate Mulgrew was what I was going to say. Oh, yeah, I got gotcha. you. So there you go. Joyce Bullifon. And who would play? And who would play uh, Hawks? Lorenzo Lamas. Dude, that would work. <laughs> Loren, no, Loren, he's not old enough at that point. Is he like there yet? Uh, no, no, no. I don't know. But you know, Falcon who, Crest. but you know who could play the old man? Fernando Lamas. <laughs> Ricardo Montalban. Shit, there it is. All anyway. right, so now we cut to the another beautiful wide shot mm, yeah. of the logs on, and you know we see the guy in the boat that's bumping the logs, and then we see the, the we see this this familiar boat with what looks like Tyler Shire and Donald Sutherland, yeah, cruising along, and they right. they yell out something, and then the guy in the boat points, right. And then the next thing we cut and we're inside the factory with uh, Coyla Hood. Yeah. Okay. And this is where he does his whole, I'm going to walk you through the factory. <laughs> I'm going to give you the bullshit. Here's the exposition. <laughs> so what we do here. No, you got blah, 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 blah. Dude, he is so like, motherfucker. <laughs> He's just going off Donald on Donald Sutherland him. just explodes in anger. You know what? He Richard Mausers him. Yeah, totally, right? <laughs> Back to my science project. <laughs> Suddenly he's like in another movie. I don't want to, there's nothing that's cut from it because we see him, he elevates it, the tadpole scene. He just, he goes boom, boom, and he just goes and he's there and he's there the rest of the way. Stays there. Yeah, he never absolutely. Goes, I, don't know, it's, I don't know what Frankenheimer said to him. Like, all right, here's your motivation. Here's some cocaine is what he said. Fuck, <laughs> he just hit, hit your motivation. This, hit these lines. Take the spoon. He told him to hit his lines hard. <laughs> and he literally thought, my lines? And he went back to his trailer and he bumped it up and he bumped, bumped, bumped. And he came you, back and he you, couldn't come down. Do you mean my sides? No, your lines right there. No, the these mirror. lines. Right there. Get lines on, on the mirror, lines on your face. Wow. <laughs> So now he's yelling at Doc Copper, dude. And I'm like, come on, man. Doc Copper was being cool. And then Doc Copper turns right back into Coyla Hood yeah. and comes right back at him. Like you son of a bitch. Do you know how much, how much, what's, how long is your report going to be? Huh? A hundred pages. How many copies of that report are you going to do? A thousand. Do you know how many papers that is? Do you know how many trees that is? Don't give it to me. You're responsible. And then I'm like, wow, yeah. dude, they're screaming at each other. So you're responsible too. Well, they need, and no wonder a, she's so pensive and like, she's like, oh my God, I just want to well, play the cello and have a baby. But there ain't, I mean, it's one thing to be talking loudly. It's thing to be yelling out of anger. They're I mean, both screaming at each other in the middle of the mill. they're standing like right, you probably can't machine, hear anything. Right? Right? <laughs> the planer. And there's some terrible ADR earlier in the movie, like terrible sync. You didn't see as much when I was running through the TV, but when I run it through the 5.1, it's weird. It's like off. Right. Because like Robert was fine, but the, his homeboy that with the, you know, that, that Mustache guy? Yeah. He's, this is way off. It's really weird. But that ADR moment, and it's clear ADR because there's no way the the audio guy was like going, yeah, I'm going to, let's record some audio right here in this factory. Yeah. But it's, I buy it. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like ADR, even though you know it has to be. Right. They're just going at it like a bunch of feral cats, not backing down from the other one. This is my fence. Well, you're, <laughs> you're polluting your fence, asshole. Yeah. I mean, you're ruining, you're ruining the planet, dick. Yeah, for the sake of paper. And that's when he kind of 
gives him that bullshit about the report. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so he hits those beats hard. We talked earlier about this being a possible anti-abortion movie and, you know, pro-planet, but something else I thought about too modernize it a little bit this is a this is a pro tablet ipad movie yeah they have like five or six different production companies that gathered financing it's gonna say amazon it's gonna say apple it's gonna say all those because i wish i could go back in time and watch this movie with steve jobs because i'm sure this is what he saw and went you know what i'm gonna save the planet we're gonna make a pad we won't need paper in the future freddie and i'd be like steve you're the fucking greatest i love you steve I love you. Let's make out. <laughs> but which one? Which one are you making out with? You're making out with Ashton Kutcher, James, Steve no. Jobs? Or you're making out with Fastbender? Fastbender. Awesome. What <laughs> What happens after the other argument? Uh, they go through and then he takes them through like some, you know, he walks them through a bunch of stuff. And this is how this works. And da, da, da. And they go through this whole thing. They see the logs being split. And this is the waste wood. And this is the this. And this is the that. And then they get back in the boat and he's like, Merc, the shiny stuff on your boots. He's still pissed. Yeah. And she's like, looks down and he's in all at once. I literally said it out loud. Mercury. And then the next thing we see is him recording Mercury. Yeah. Well, that's why. Back in the cabin. That's why I said, okay, can you keep in mind that Mercury line that I, because like, I hadn't even gotten to that yet when I watched it again. So when I, when I texted you Mercury like that, it's something that's been ingrained in my head for 40 years. Right? But it's I mean, literally, stuck. I literally just said it out loud, Mercury, and then they show the boots, and I'm like, mm-hmm, and then he says it. You know, it's funny, when they're getting into the boat, and they're on that really wide shot, and Talia Shire kind of like steps in the mud they don't put an insert shot on nope. it it's like the way she f- steps in the mud it's almost like it's an accident right so i thought that oh, they just kept it in there there's anyone there was no point of reshooting that she got in the boat like they're supposed to whatever so when they cut to the comment and then speaking of insert inserts shots, in the boat of the boot <laughs> and i'm like going oh so that was intentional i was like i yeah but, i mean you don't need an insert for everything no 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 but it, it but the way she wobbles and steps in the mud as she's getting in the boat it's it's a, it's a shot that's not normally reserved for a reveal or, or a moment like that a moment of, hey pay attention to this foot going into the mud yeah so it looks like it was an accident and they just kept it in but when you fast forward it doesn't matter <laughs> no it works mercury in the boot mercury on the boot mercury mercury and then the next thing we see is we're, we cut back to the cabin and he's ranting and raving to his tape recorder and he says the word Mercury. And then there's a strange noise at the front door. Dude, there's so monologue in and <laughs> when he's recording this, right? Oh man, it's total monologue. It's like Shakespeare. It's rough. There's some noise on the porch. It sounds yeah, I'm not it, it's weird. I don't know that I would have opened the door. <laughs> if it's me, I'd be like, fuck that. Yeah. And they open the door and <laughs> oh, this is a r- raccoon on the ground flopping around. And I'm not talking about some puppet no it's a real raccoon it's a real raccoon and it's in pain and it's like i don't, I don't know what they did to that raccoon man dude, they did something just nefarious to this raccoon because it's a real raccoon and it's doing things you've never seen an animal yeah. do that wasn't being tortured no i mean i feel like they showed this raccoon photos of its young being like held hostage and like tortured and it's like having a moment <laughs> Shit. It's having, like you said earlier, it's having a seizure of some kind. It's really weird. And I'm, and the whole time you're like going, all right, does this precursor the whole closing credit thing saying no animals were harmed in making this movie? Because you know what? It's a big lie because something happened to this, this animal. Yeah, I, dude, they did. I mean, and then it just gets worse. Yeah. And so it jumps on his leg. 
in fast on, motion. On, on, yeah. <laughs> just jumps on his leg. He jumps on some animal trainer's leg. And this is, again, still a real animal. This is not some stand-in at this point. The actor might have been a stuntman at some one, it was one a, more It was moment. an animal trainer, I would yeah, bet, probably, imagine. yeah. And he's wrestling with his real animal. You know, but then again, I'm like, how safe could it be? He's probably the same guy that was poking it with the fucking <laughs> with the oar. stick or whatever. Oh, my gosh. And then it just gets and then, it, and then it attacks Talia Shire. And again, I don't remember seeing I couldn't see anything that wasn't a real raccoon until they throw until, it in the fire until he. He's got a pin on the wall. Until he pins him against the wall of the dude, oar. all of that close-up stuff where they're on the raccoon and it's poking the oar. Dude, that is horrible. I almost it, shut the movie off, honestly. It's, there's a, I was like, I can't do this. What the fuck are they doing? It's like, you know, we, we saw that movie when we were kids. And I think, I, I don't, I don't, until you said something in text and then I saw it again, I didn't remember it. My, our minds must have just blocked it out because I sure didn't remember it. No, man. And it was, I, I wouldn't even imagine that it would, because it, it, it's, it's so, dude, it's the most traumatic thing in the movie. It is. For me, as a grown up. It's terrible. But you know what? Out of everything in the movie, it's the only animal that you see, like real animal that wasn't fabricated in some shop that's been, something's going on with it. Now, right. We did see the weird deer thing at the beginning, but it was like a herd of deer that just kind of what? fluttered away. Remember? Uh, there was a scene. Yeah, but they're just normal. There's nothing. Well, no, right. no. I just meant like you. Oh, I got you. I just meant more reactive. A too. manipulated. Yeah. I mean, but how many times do you see raccoons depicted in movies where they just attack people? Right. Like you said, this, if we're watching The Great Outdoors. It's just The Great Outdoors. It's funny. It's funny. We should insert that in The Great Outdoors and see if it's funny. <laughs> I'm going to bet it's not. Maybe. John Candy beating that poor raccoon with an oar. Probably so, not funny. I felt, oh, dude, it's so, oh, it really is the worst. If you, if you can't, you might want to skip. If you can't skip. stomach it, it's, it's not even about, oh, and you, you can't tell yourself, oh, it's fake. You know, the animal probably didn't it's die, a, but there's no doubt about it. It was not treated well. It's about 40 minutes into the movie. If you want to, if you want a heads up. It's so, oh. Anyway. Anyway, so this whole thing happens. They're both freaked out over it. They've thrown him in the fire. Now he's burning and, and they just like, they just sit there. And yeah. The, it doesn't smell or anything. It's not screaming. Rob, you know, Mr. EPA Rob. Um, burning and, raccoons. And ends up dissecting the brain a little bit and sent samples to his buddy. And you're assuming that's what's happening because he's on the phone with him saying, I sent you some raccoon samples. Just take a look at him. Check it out for mercury poisoning. I think it's as mad as a hatter. Let me know. Thanks. Because that's what Mercury does. It makes you right. nutty. It makes you nutty. It makes it you crazy. Makes, it makes tadpoles the size and, of large fish. And trout the size of boats. <laughs> there is a, 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 a family we see earlier in the movie that arrive at the lake at the same time. The same time as Rob and, and Meg show up. And they're just kind of like, oh, yeah, we're going. We're going to go gonna camping. We have to walk. We have to hike 10 miles. It's the Sky Trail. That sounds wild. That's what makes it adventure. We love adventure. So smash cut to them. Smash cut to them walking around. They look like they just, they've been, you know. They look like they can't they look, stand each other. They And they got, looks like somebody like rubbed like dirt on their face or something like that. Like, yeah, like they were sitting too close to the fire the night before and they're right. covered in sweat and now it's sweated and they're, they just literally look like somebody ran their hands down their faces. And then dad just stops for some reason. Turn that off. He's looking across at, at the other side of the lake and there's something he's, he thinks he hears something or he sees something and he just. Turn that off, and he's looking. You don't hear anything. You don't nope. see anything. He's like, and the kids are pouting. Like, 
<laughs> That's just like, can you shut that off? But you said I could listen to it for another two minutes. <laughs> Dude, okay. This is Silver Bullet. What's up with dads? Well, that's when my dad would have just taken the radio and thrown it in the fucking lake. <laughs> I said off. Off. Now it's off, off. Now it's forever off. <laughs> forever. What are you crying for? I paid for it. Mm. There you go. See what you made me do? You made me throw away money. You see? You see what you made me do? Give me your arm. Wow. That's not true. My dad was not like that. So we, we see this this family, and it's just a, a father and his daughter and, and his, his son. son. There's no and, mom. And um, mom doesn't. Before camp. they walk off, when he says, "Turn off your radio," it says in closed captioning in parentheses, "Turns Walkman off." Oh, right. Like if you're watching it in yes. 1979, <laughs> this movie was made. But the closed captioning wasn't done until recently, obviously. Right. They don't know what a transistor radio they, they is can't anymore. Just say, they could just say radio. But the person was old enough to call it a Walkman. Right. So there's somewhere between. I, they just did it. I mean, I don't. Because who the is, fuck knows what a Walkman is now? And, and I love the, the royalty free. I'm like, what, what 10 year old girls listening to that bullshit in 79? No, it's Sean Cassidy. Dude, or basically rollers. Yeah. Saturday night. Saturday night. <laughs> Good Lord. See how it comes around, Corey? Okay, episode's over. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Kicks of the week. <laughs> go research Walkman and iPod. Go get some, go get a bunch of thermometers. and Oh, they don't make, they don't put mercury in thermometers. Oh, no, just break them and throw them around, spread them around your yard and see what happens to your animals. Put them on some earthworms and see what happens. Look at this earthworm. It's seven feet long. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, it's the, eating the dog. It's tremors. Wow. Spin off of this movie spun into Tremors. So, yeah, Camping Kids. So, Camping Kids. And now, when this movie came out, I saw a clip from the movie before I saw the movie. And this is that clip we're about to describe. The family of three are in this clearing, clearing in the woods. And they got their, they have a tent. And they have, and they're all in the sleeping bags. So I'm laughing. Why are you in a, Why do you have a tent? You're all out of the sleeping bag, and you literally couldn't be further away from each other. You're over there. You're over there, and you're over there. Anyway, the the boy, the son, wakes up at one point, kind of sits up and looks around, and just kind of goes. Well, he doesn't really hear anything. He just kind of sits up and it's dead silent. And he kind of like zips himself up the rest of the way because he has a a, a mummy, mummy bag, a mummy style style sleeping bag. And then out of nowhere. <laughs> Prophecy shows up. We <laughs> call him mutant bear, but I don't know. Mama, is it a, is it a baby? It's a female bear because everything on the on the poster it says she will find you. Yeah, right. Yeah, is that just she? In the, you know, she see will. the parallels between the mutant pregnant bear and <laughs> <laughs> she will find you. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so maybe it is heavy handed, Corey. <laughs> so, monster shows up. Shit starts hitting the fan. The kid gets up in his sleeping hopping. bag. He can't get out of his sleeping bag. Well, he's not really trying. He's just kind of hopping away. Winning the potato sack race. Right. And Mama Bear, like John Macro, backhands his ass Dude, across the... Right? <laughs> it's like, into a tree, and it just turns, and it's just raining down feathers. <laughs> I mean, literally. I mean, he's pimp slapped, and he flies. I, I, I laughed out loud. I laughed so hard. I, I had to stop the movie yeah. for a good 
three minutes because I could not stop laughing. It's my first exposure to the movie. It's also my favorite part of the movie because it's just perfect. I can't remember if it's that scene or if it's another scene, but that the one with the dad, what some there's a stuntman that gets up. I can't remember if it's that scene or later on, the the harness used to pull him back. Yes, you can see it. It's just yeah, it's too well lit. It's too well lit, and you can see it coiling behind him when he gets pulled. I don't know if it's this scene or another scene later on. They're not afraid to light the creatures, not afraid to light stuff up. They're oh, not no, trying to not hide anything in the shadows at nope. all in this movie. Nope. For better or worse. Nah, yeah, exactly. Sometimes better, sometimes worse. <laughs> this might be, this is both. <laughs> it's better it's and both. worse. It's burst. <laughs> it's burst. Um, you know what's, you know what, it, and so at this point in the movie, you or know. it's wetter. <laughs> I'm going to go, let's go with wetter. Let's go with wetter as this was going on. It's been about 12 minutes since we've seen Armand DeSante, and I was, he's sorely missed. Uh, and guess what happens next? He's stalking them. Yeah. No. What happens is... He stalks them at some point. Yeah, he does stalk them. He's stalking uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Sutherland and Ty Shire. Adrian yeah. and Donald Sutherland with are the, being stalked. With seriously brighten nighttime shots there there's some shots that were nighttime there's some day for night <laughs> i'm just saying it's full moon right i mean i feel like every time that somebody's outside there's like the the full moon is like there's a line of trees here he's on the road he's just standing there going <laughs> staring at the cabin looking handsomely stalking <laughs> yeah like right like how many beauty shots do you need of armando sante he's our prettiest guy my god movie. he's so handsome we gotta make this man a star hawks Hawks, John Hawks, uh, stalking, but then, stalking John Hawks. So now, but somehow there's a jump, and now, the, well, no, because they're they're staying in the woods nearby the right. Native American camp. Right, they're not that far away. They're a boat right away. Yeah, so they hop in the motorboat, Mercury on the boots, all that shit, and they pull up there, and they're like, "Hey, Native American John Hawks, there's some crazy shit going on. Do We've they? seen it." Oh, and then and then the cops all show up. Right. There's been a murder. Yeah, we'll have no more. Because and Doc Copper is hotter than a two dollar yeah, pistol again, again. We'll say it again. Paper Mill, Mister Paper Mill, is leading the charge with law enforcement to come right. arrest John Hawks. At least John Hawks. Right. These names, please step forward. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. They don't even know who they're there for. Right. Would these people please step forward? Yeah. And they start rattling off people's names. John Hawks. And then when, that's when we find out that John's name is John because we only heard him as Hawks, Hawks before that. He sees what's going on and he goes, fuck this. And he, he bolts, runs through this cabin and then they, they move this weird camera move so you can look through the window as he jumps through the window in the back of the cabin. Which was the stuntman jumps out the window. It was a pretty badass stunt. It really was, dude. <laughs> it was all like one shot and just like it was movie magic. It, it, it was so great. It kind of reminds me of what they wanted to do in that Lee Marvin movie. What? All point blank? Yep, because there was a scene at the beginning of beginning. the movie where Lee right. Marvin runs through the house and he comes through and he's supposed to jump through the screen door down the thing. Right. But he didn't do it. Right, because then when you when he's running down towards the camera, you're like that's not the guy that just jumped out the window. Right, he's not. He doesn't move. It's not Lee Marvin. It's not Lee Marvin. Right. Anyway, but it was badass in uh, prophecy. <laughs> what a few point blank things we can actually leave in. Yeah, because it wasn't. It wasn't Lee Marvin. Um, <laughs> Some other asshole. <laughs> 
So Lee Marvin. No, wait. Uh, so John Hawk. Now he's escaped. This he's movie a, would be instantly better if Lee Marvin. <laughs> he's, he's still alive. <laughs> he's a fugitive. Uh, now John Hawks is. He's on the run. Oh, I thought you were going to say. No. And look, it's funny because like all now suddenly there's a there's a Keystone Cops moment at the door with uh, Paper Mill Doc Copper and like all that he's like forget it we'll get him we'll pick him up later but they're all wedged into this one shot in the doorway there's like six people right the, they're the all sheriff there. and the sheriff still holds his megaphone by his mouth <laughs> like I can hear you you're right here yeah. thank you put, put that th- down and I think they kept them all right there because in case they had to reset for that stunt again maybe. I mean, but, he, but that's he nailed, nailed it, dude. It. dude. I, I actually ran that back because that was pretty badass. It was. I feel like they did something similar to that with Edward James Olmos in Wolfen. Yeah. Right, where he, jump, yeah. he jumps off a bridge or something, right? Yeah. Like when he's being chased by dude, Albert Finney. Like, and, and they kind of do it in Thunderheart. It is it's just the move. It doesn't feel like nope. they're not holding on the door that he goes in. It's all one, one fluid motion. And they did such a great job of selling... Because sometimes the timing, I mean, timing is everything there. Oh, because if the stuntman doesn't time it right with the speed of the actor coming in, it's not going to look right. But it worked perfectly. You never, you never felt like there was a jump cut in there. I mean, it felt all very fluid. I did, I did the same thing. That was rad. <laughs> it was badass. <laughs> it's funny how the filmmaking side of us was like gets enamored of those About kinds of things, right? and we're too busy going, "This shit's not believable." Oh, that was fucking rad. <laughs> <laughs> Inside out, bear my ass. <laughs> I always like that one side of us. Dude, I, my friend used to refer to him as like, and I didn't get it because I wasn't in the comic books yet. He's like going, it's it's Two-Faced Bear. Because like one side of the bear's fine, the other side is all fucked up. Yeah, totally. I mean, I always just remember it like uh, until like last night when I watched it, I always just thought it was, the fucking thing was turned inside out. Like the out, right. it's like it's like guts and shit were on the outside, but that's not what it is at all. No. It's just a mutant bear. Yeah, part of it's skinless. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Like yeah, hair that, doesn't grow on it or something. Okay, no, the paper mill's been there for decades, right? How old is that bear? That's my... Dude, I was waiting to ask that question because we're not quite there yet oh. where they find the two bear cubs, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, which so is which right after this. We can get to that. So now the cops are like... Oh, and they, they So they arrest two ND Native <laughs> Americans just because they're there. Take Round up the usual suspects. Take those two. So they take those guys away, and everybody's like, oh, my God. And Donald Sutherland's still pissed. And they're like, we got to go find Hawks and find me. we got to make this right. And so they find him, right? And, you know, he's hiding because his girlfriend knows where he would hide. Right. And they don't arrest her for some reason because, I don't know, they just take the two guys. Because because she's a woman. She's incapable of murdering anybody. Yeah, she couldn't have killed that kid in the sleeping bag. It took some big burly men to do that. How right. come they, none of them looked at? I'm sure there must have been footprints there in the campground, like mutant bear footprints. But that, well, who cares? Know, They're I, just looking to pin it on hard, the, it's hard on the to, red man. I was trying to avoid talking about the opening six minutes of the movie, even though we just were very general about it. Um, you combine that with what happens in the campground. What makes you think what happened at the beginning of the movie has anything to do with Hawks and his community? Exactly. So why would you think? Dude. It's just the this is this just the white man blaming everything on everyone else like always. How can anybody projectile throw somebody against a tree? Correct. Just to have it turn into dust. Yeah. Red dust and feathers. Right. So hey, Hawks, dude, what's up? Yeah, this is all bad, man. We got to figure it out. <laughs> it's bad, man. It's bad, man. We got to figure it out. Okay, Donald Sutherland, I'm really pissed now too because they're after me and I jumped through a window and I don't have a cut on me, but. <laughs> 
my face has not a laceration on it because I'm handsome. And they wouldn't do that to me in this movie. Not yet. So they find they're, they're crossing a stream. Right. And they're like, you hear this weird, like it sounds like puppies being murdered. This also goes to the adage. Don't cross the streams. Yeah. Don't cross streams. Right. Ever. And you know why I do know. I know why now after watching this movie, because yep. what's in the stream, there is two things caught in a net. And as they were described just for a moment before that, they're saying, hey, go down there. You'll find there's netting there and poachers. Well, you stuff that comes down the river. I love this, by the way. This is the this is a helicopter guy telling him this, right? Yeah, the helicopter pilot who can't fly because there's a flash rainstorm. But then it becomes, it's too windy. I'm like, what wind? You were talking about the rain a second ago. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever, man. doesn't matter. Poachers. So they go over and check out the poachers net and they, and they find... Chewbacca. <laughs> Tauntauns or whatever the shit it is. No, there's two mutant, mutant somethings. One of them's dead and one of them's still alive. And of course, who finds them? Donald Sutherland. No. Oh. Maggie finds them. Right. Because she's pregnant. She's pregnant. And she's seen these two mutated mutants. things. And one's comes- still alive and they, uh, Mr. EPA pulls it out and he cradles it inside of his jacket. And then what did he must, say? It what? must have eaten the fish. Yeah. Contaminated. And then the, the cut to her. Well, we, yeah. <laughs> now, why was I hitting fish so hard earlier, Corey? Right. What What again with the fish? Don't eat the fish. Damn. But once they get the the mutant, whatever it is, it's still alive. And he's, Rob turns like this and he looks at Hawks. He goes, get the other one. <laughs> he was just like, so like, like authoritative, like. Not like, hey man, go pick that up. It's like, get that shit. Get the other one. Get the dead one. <laughs> and part of me is like going, wait, okay, look, you, this is our proof. This is our proof that shit's going on. I'm like, well, so is the dead one. Why so do you get Right. Well, so is the tadpole. Right. Ah, uh, yeah. Me and dad. Or the mutant fish. The movie's over then. Yeah, you, no, but I got you. You're right. But they didn't catch the mutant yeah, fish. Yeah, yeah. But they had the mutant tadpole, but whatever. Right. He hadn't made the connection yet because he hadn't seen the mercury on the boots yet. But so we see these two mutated things. You're like, oh my gosh, those are offspring of that thing that oh just Lord. murdered the people. It the must be a bear. Because <laughs> you know, they isn't that what they are? They're these bear. Are they mutant bear cubs? I mean, well, they kind of look like Malloy from um, you know what was that? What's that thing called? Um, that cartoon with Tosh 2.0. He does the bear. They're like mutant versions of that. What? Yeah. Oh, what bear? Anyway, never mind. It doesn't matter. All right. <laughs> two mutant somethings so where do they go with these mutant well they just run around in the forest with it making noise attracting its mother right and now they can't leave in the helicopter right so they showed up at, at the chief's old school scomping ground which we've already seen that's how we first meet him is right. the ground and they're kind of like laying low and they're trying to care for the mutant cub that's still alive and this is a moment in the movie where it really starts selling to me Man, I'm going to get to it already. Is this, I really remember this movie being so much better than it is. And I, it has a lot to do with the creature. A creature, when you get a movie with creatures like this, the creature effects make or break the movie. Yeah. And boy, do I remember them being better than they are. Yeah. And, I mean, there was a point where I wasn't sure if, uh, if Rob actually had his hand inside the puppet and he was manipulating it as he was trying to act. When they have it down on the table while they're in the <sighs> wigwam, it's just, it's doing the same move. Right. Yep. And it's just kind of like, I feel like somebody just had their hand, not even as a puppet, but just the hand underneath just kind of like tapping yep. it. 
underneath the table, just making it move because it's the same motion over and over again. There's no like puppet movements where they're kind of like just doing the same thing over again with the with the claws and the mouth. It just doesn't. It's like it's dead. It's almost like its heartbeat's like moving the whole body. Yep. The way it's moving. Yep. I'm already super sad because I'm like going. This thing is uh, what it is. It's, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna want, I'm wondering if when the when the Shout Factory uh, anniversary disc comes out, if there's gonna. I mean, maybe maybe it didn't work. Like Jaws, it just didn't work. And that maybe there is somebody just having it because they're like, well, we got to get something. Sorry, it's not working. But they should have done yeah. they did with Jaws and cut around it. Yeah, Instead I, of lighting up the motherfucker like. Yeah, I got you. Like, I'm it's, with, like it's, yes. Like it's daytime. Because it's, it's, it seems, I told you it's a full moon. <laughs> Silver bullet. They have superpowers. <laughs> the Native Americans. It is Maine. It is Maine. Yeah, man. It's Stephen King land. Right. You know they lobbied to change Maine to Stephen King land, but didn't, Did didn't they get, couldn't get two thirds of the vote. So they're trying to trying to trying to know. keep this cub alive. So they have and proof. He's afraid of giving it a sedative. I, ironically, he's afraid to give it a sedative. They never say why, but he's afraid to give it a sedative. In my opinion, way because he didn't want to kill it. He was afraid abortion, of abortion, right? Undercurrent. I, I, I don't think it's under the current anymore. I think well, it's no, on the it's, surface. It's overcurrent. We're drowning in it. <laughs> <laughs> It's everywhere. Drowning in blood. We're drowning in viscous fluids. Oh. Yeah, I the whole that whole that whole that whole thing only serves one purpose. Right. It's for it's for a bear attack. Right. Soon, Mister Paper Mill shows up with the authorities again. Uh, yet again. I, I mean, guess it. Does, does, <sighs> that sheriff never says one word. No, except for that screen. John Hawks. There is. <laughs> yeah. That's it. John Hawks. Surrender yourself. <laughs> Don't run into that cabin and out the back window. Surrender, Dorothy. You'll scratch yourself. You'll lacerate your beautiful face. <laughs> Rob EPA grabs Mr. Paper Mill and says, come look at this shit, asshole. Yeah, right. check it out, dude. And, and, you know, we didn't say this earlier, and we kind of didn't talk about it too much with running scared. And come to think of it, I don't think we said anything in Quick of the Dead either, but we lost our dick mojo. Oh, we got from the our earlier well, episodes. Yeah, but who's the dick in this? Is it? Is it... Paper mill oh, dick paper mill. or EPA dick? No, well, I mean, they're both dicks, but at least the one Because everybody shares the blame here, Corey. The one we all share the blame. Because you use paper. No, dude. <laughs> wait, wait a second. What is that? No, it's not because we use paper. Yes, it is. You, you, you're just as guilty as I am for dumping mercury into the pond. Right, because that was my choice. <laughs> because you, it's your choice to use paper. Asshole. You could be using rocks. But yeah, paper mill dick. Yeah, paper mill dick. So paper mill dick gets to see the results of his his actions, and he's he sees this mutant cub that they're keeping alive. My God, what have I done? You see what you did, you son of a bitch, paper mill dick, for the sake of paper, asshole. You've ruined this bear's life, right? <laughs> and well, you know, he ruined a lot of things. He ruined a lot of because lives because he's killing, he's destroying nature. Destroying nature, asshole. And the the baby's still going, man. And just it's always making noise and then in the dead quiet of the forest. Right. We hear the roar of mama. <laughs> little less A little human like. Right. Well, whatever. <laughs> you can manipulate that in post. And it yeah. And <laughs> they hear the but the, but no, but they're all out. You hear the roar and all of a sudden it just breaks through the trees. They're like, holy shit. And they go and run and hide in the tunnel. 
And we know the tunnel's there. Why? Because they said it earlier. There's tunnels that run all well, through they said this the tunnels, land. But just when the sheriff shows up with Mr. Paper Mill, Hawks jumps into the tunnel with his bow and arrow and says, Get in the tunnel! Let me know when they're gone. <laughs> right. He's hiding. This is before he's seen mutated baby bear. I remember laughing. So sort of laughing to myself when this, when we see him and he's got an arrow bow. I was like, really? Yeah. Suddenly he's got the bow well, arrow when strapped I saw to his when, back. Yeah, when he had that and he jumped into the into the tunnel, I'm like, oh, that's right. He sticks him with that later. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Armando Asante pulling his Rambo. Ooh, pre-Rambo. Back to Stallone, Paradise Alley. Yep. He did the bow and arrow before Rambo. Before Rambo. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah. The book was written before then, though. The mama bear tears open the teepee above the where they're keeping the baby. And they jump. See, it clearly wants its baby back. So what do they do? It wants its what? It wants its baby back. It's baby what? Back, baby back, baby back. <laughs> Sorry. What, you see, it didn't take you very long to do what you want me to do with that. Because <laughs> we're both stupid. They should have just gave him the baby. Just let him have it. No, what yeah. they do, they put it in a blanket and go in the tunnel with it. I'm like, well, it's not going to go away. It smells. It got there. It has a nose. Yeah, it's it bare. got there because of the screen and, and the smell. So unless you're so, going to kill it, it's not going to stop making noise and it's still going to smell. Right. And it's and so you've, you've already got the dead ones. They still have the dead one. Yep, they got them in a gunny sack. Yeah. So you got your proof. I bet you if you drain a leg, you'll find a lot more proof. Yeah, right. Or I don't know. If you fly one of them fucking helicopters over the area where you're, where you've already identified as the troubled area out of the entire lake, or if you just take grandfather, who's obviously mad as a hatter because he's burning himself with cigarettes and he's bleeding mercury, he might be proof. Maybe. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. Was he bleeding mercury? I thought they were just saying the mercury in his system was why he didn't feel anything. Yeah, I mean, there was mercury, like you know. There were those marks. I don't know if he was bleeding it. He just had, oh. his no, fingers think, were just stained that, with mercury. So everybody's down below. And they're in tunnels now. In the tunnel. And they're all just kind of sitting there. And every once in a while, dust coming down from above it. Like the monster's still kind of stomping around above. Dude, it is a really quiet scene in between. It kind of. Yeah. It's a long time where it's just quiet. And you don't know what the fuck's going on. I'm like, did it bail? Did it bail? But it's such a. It's like that thing where it's it goes too long, but then it, it then it becomes just long enough of when they're just sitting in silence. The sheriff, who has no lines in the movie, even when he, he gestures, give me the flashlight. Right. <laughs> grabs the flashlight and he steps up to see if the if the creature's still there and it mauls the shit out of him. Oh yeah. And they did like the second or third time in the movie where they did a great job of having a character stand in front of the camera all in one motion. Pulled the real dude out and dropped the dummy in. They did it like four or five times in the movie, and that's the second or third time they do it, and it's so effective. It's just kind of like, I know what's going on, but it's not that obvious. Right. I mean, I did say, I, they they sold it. Right. There's only one time that they don't sell it. Which? Later. It's mm-hmm. coming up. Dude gets all, he's all getting all gacked up by the monster. What the hell happened? Did they get, how did they get out? They, they tunneled to the other end. Oh, that's right. Where the tunnels come out. That's right. There's some subterranean I, I, movie. I only here. watched it 12 hours ago. <laughs> it's okay. It happens so fast that it really is not that clear. It's right. Like, so they, they've worked their way out of the tunnels at the other end, but now it's daytime. Right. So they get this whole... And they make a decision that they're going to go and get this tank, um, this thing to help them, that the the forest, uh, the guys are using to clear out forests and knock down trees. So again, that's going to help us get out of here somehow, whatever. So run over the bear with it. So at that point, Paper Mill Dick says, 
hey, I'm going to go up to the comm tower on top of the hill. How far is that? It's about five or six miles. Like, oh, I can do that. And he goes up there and they split up. Eventually becomes nighttime and now. Well, it's still daytime when he gets to the top of the tower. Right. Oh, yeah. So he gets his, he gets his way up there at the tower and he hears some flies. He's like, you hear, yeah, 10, 12 feet away from somehow he hears uh, flies. Uh, do what's funny is I thought they were like, I was like, cause I hadn't seen this long. I was like, are those mutant bees? Is he going to get <laughs> fucking stung like by some crazy? And then suddenly it's, it's like he's, a carcass. He sees a, another, and this is definitely a different one. This is not the one we found the net. This is a different a cub mutant cub. And he's like, what the hell? And there's, and then there's mama bear. Boom. And, and daylight, which, which is such an unusual thing for a horror movie with a, with a monster in it that you see in the daytime goes after him. He's scrambling to move back up this hill to make his way over to the, to the comm tower and he can't get in. He's trying to climb the fence, barbed wire. He can't make it through trying to split the lock open. He can't get, so he starts to try to go under the gate and then mama bear catches him. Goodbye. Goodbye, Doc. No Copper. heart attack for you, Doc. No heart attack for you, Doc. Well, maybe he had a heart attack. I don't know. Yeah, maybe he did. Maybe that <laughs> thing. Maybe his chest fucking closed and cut that bear in half. We don't know. Maybe we'll never that, know. Maybe that thing. Look what yeah. you did. Maybe that. Hey, maybe that thing happened. That thing. How many years later is that? Two and a half years uh, yeah, later. And look how much better the effects yeah, are. Yeah. Well, you know, there you go. Paper mill dick is dead. R.I.P. Rest in paper. When we cut to Armand Asante and the rest of his crew, they're in this truck now, moving along the trail slowly because, you know. It's a big truck. It's a big truck and it's a small trail. Treacherous road. And the mama bear rolls up, kicks down the, the truck, and it's on its side. Everyone goes scrambling. Oh, fuck. Armand Asante trying to do the right thing here. Yeah. And cut the pilot, pilot. who's injured. From the truck, who was on the roof, they strapped into the roof. But now all he's on, do. now he's laying on his side because the truck's been tipped over, still strapped. And Mama Bear comes around the corner, and then John Hawk says, "Nope, not good, not today, Satan. I'm out, out the door." And he runs for it, and in comes Mama Bear. Here, crunch. It walks away, and now we have a headless pilot. Headless pilot. We didn't need him anymore anyway. Nah, he, getting back there's to nothing for him to fly. Right, he's dead weight. By the way, at that point, the weather stopped. Why didn't he go back to the helicopter? It wasn't going to push the story forward. Guess not. Whatever. I don't know. David, we'd have to ask David Seltzer. <laughs> so Hawks catches up with them and they're like, what the fuck are we going to do? You know? What are we going to do? It's, they, got, they run into a lake and there's a cabin. Across. All right, that's our cabin. Oh my God. And the sun is going down. It's just about dark. It's just about there. Let's swim for it. So they swim for it. And... What happens just before they get in the water is the baby mutant that cub that's still alive starts gnawing on Talia Shire's neck like it was delivered. I'm going to eat you. Yeah. And just like it turns and like grabs a hold of her and starts eating her before they get in the water. I'm like, what? And that's what's always so weird to me when I've seen a movie a half a dozen times since it's like ever. And now they're swimming across the lake and she's still holding on to the thing and it's still like gnawing her neck. I'm like... Let it go. Right? He can't swim. Right. He can barely move on a table. At this point, it's. I got to think too, while you're holding on to this thing, you're not doing a very good How job do you, of swimming. You're right. And you're pregnant. <laughs> you're pregnant. 
just trying to swim with one arm. Let's let this an annoying let's, let's bear. Let's let this this thing that of unknown origin gnaw my neck somewhere. That's already broken skin. Yeah, and God knows what it's done to me at this point. I've already got it in my head that the fish is putting a mutant child inside of me. Yeah, absolutely. Weird. She's a yeah, she's a mess. They're making their way across the lake, and then Ramona turns around, and looks, and sees old man. Old man chief is kind of like. Oh, he's trying to talk to this mutant because he, he's one with Earth he's and the spirit. Ah, uh, Mama Bear just picks him up, <laughs> which might be the greatest moment of the movie. It really is. And she, then they cut back to Ramona, and she's screaming. I'm like, yeah. swim and just keep swimming, sweetheart. He's just, dead. He's gone. He's dead a long time ago. He was dead. He was. He's been dead since the movie started. He just like the old, he doesn't even live in Mama this world. Bears just toss him around. And just kind of like. Swinging around, <laughs> and you're just they don't stay on it very long. They kind of cut back and forth because it's, just, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's just I don't know. Yeah, this it reminds me of it reminds me of that moment in Naked Gun uh, <laughs> when he's like he's yeah. like wrestling with somebody, and they, they cut back and they cut back to him again, and he's like obviously got some kind of inflatable and inflatable doll or something. Yes, a hundred percent. It's <laughs> it's absolutely. It, they couldn't have cut around that any more than no. they did. It, but yeah, it's funny. I mean, it, it and who didn't see it coming anyway? Right. I mean, we knew that guy was going right. to go down like some idiot. Right. He was mad as a hatter, man. Yeah. He was Mercury Man. Mercury Man. Uh, so, yeah. And uh, you know what's funny, man, is the sun set so fast because it suddenly went from being dusk. <laughs> now it's like midnight. It's, it's pitch black. It's dark. It's super dark. And you see like the water is nicely lit as they're yeah. still swimming across we it. A, we have a nice little... There's a little dock, a little fog going. Oh yeah, dude, right they now. went crazy. I was that, that was the one thing I was like, somebody just said we need a fog. Get the biggest fog machine you can find. Lots of fog. We need more fog. Because there's great. I mean, it looks great. I mean, it's beautiful. It's like it, both ways. When did the fog come out? 1980. Right. Next year. Right. They were big on Hollywood. Was big on fog. Still big on fog. Still big on fog. Look at Strangers too. Strangers pray at night. You're suddenly like, where in the fuck are we? The trailer park is full of fog. I own that movie. I still haven't watched it yet. Oh, it's cool. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's a great fog. <laughs> it's, does it have lots of neon and water in it? It certainly does. <laughs> Which the only thing this movie doesn't have is neon. Lots of water. Lots of water. And lots fog. of fog. <laughs> Just saying. So they keep swimming and they make their way to the dock and they gotta be exhausted because it's a big fucking lake. Yeah, it is. It's a, it, it, and then now they're just all lying there like beach blanket bingo. Right. <sighs> and then they go, and it's, it's following us. Oh no, look, look everybody. And, and I'm like, and why are we just kind of like sitting there watching it? We're tired. And Robbie PA is like, oh, I drowned. It's drowned. He, he can't stop saying it. Right. He says I, it like nine times. And it, I, it's drowned. And I, Again, because I had the closed caption on, I could have sworn maybe it was, I would have bet money that it was the closed captioning was just holding. And then I turned up the volume, I rewound it. I'm like, oh my gosh, he really is saying it's drowned that many times. Right. Well, he keeps saying it. Like, the right. more I say it, it if I to, keep like, saying it, it's going to come true. <laughs> we're trying to convince everybody, including myself. Guys, just relax, it's drowned. <laughs> no, no, just continue to lay here on the dock. Let's it's lay fine. here on the dock. Let's all catch our breath. You know, let's not tend to my wife who's got, who has some non or vampire on her neck. Ridiculous. Yeah. And then bubbles keep coming up. They keep cutting back to the lake. Bubbles are coming up. I thought the fish was going to burst out of the water. (laughs) Because whatever it is, it's the same mechanism that created the same effect (laughs) earlier for the fish. 
but they, they just sit there and they get more panicked though as the bubbles get bigger. I thought, well, I rewound it because I thought maybe something they were caught earlier is the, are the bubbles getting closer? No, they're just happening. I'm like, well, yeah, he's drowned. He's letting out the air from his lungs. Right? Here's a thought though, because my thought was like, bears can swim, but maybe this bear is so full of mercury that it has to walk on the bottom of the lake. No, that's too smart. Okay, never mind. Because there's too many things that happen in this movie for me to buy. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's too, that's too, Where'd that, it go? that's too logical. Know. It's full of mercury. <laughs> that's why we couldn't test, it couldn't get in the test samples because the mercury is heavier than water. Yeah, we, we, we blew past that, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> what's the heaviest liquid in the world? Mercury. Yeah, what's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah what's, the, what's the dumb? I mean, school or professors answers this quick question. Hey, what's the what's the only liquid that's dry to the touch? And she cut the cut for her reaction. She just kind of goes, I don't, I don't know. know. I didn't go to school with you. <laughs> I didn't go to school. I'm a cellist. <laughs> Different schools. Mercury. Oh, oh, like the car. <laughs> oh, no. Dumbass. Like the kind from the hat factory, dummy. Um, <laughs> or the paper mill. Or the thermometer factory. <laughs> or the paper mill. Or it's, the or the or the sky. Or whatever, man. You know, it comes from somewhere. Mercury. Mercury. From Mount Olympus. Mercury, you know. <laughs> it's that thing you're driving on. <laughs> and they're ratcheting up the tension for bubbles in the water and that I'm just assuming the thing's drowning. No. <laughs> no. There it is again. They all take a shit in their pants and then run <laughs> try to hide in the cabin, which they already should have been in to begin with. They should have been well past that cabin, dude. Yeah. Like uh, off the road, down the other way, running. Or, I would have never stopped. Or in the garage. Yeah, they should have hid in the garage. Next to the cabin. Next to us. Because <laughs> I would have taken that fucking bear cub <laughs> and snapped its neck. <laughs> Snapped its snarling, noise-making neck, and then tossed it out on the dock. But he was already dead. He was drowning. He just left him in the lake. That's all he wanted. That's all. I that's all. Wanna, it, I just, just want to die. <laughs> Not one of these people had the decency to kill that thing. That's what really it all boils down to. Because they think they're doing the right thing. We've already proved that with Rob well, EPA. He's trying right. to do the right thing. Right, because he's ruined it. Because we've done the wrong thing all these years, and now right. look, we've created a mess. But we could, you right. know. They could test it dead or alive. What are they going to do? Let that thing. Do you really think that that thing's going to have a quality of life? If they, we let it live. And, uh, yeah, that's the thing. It's the, in the zoo. Check the, it out. The mama bear is not after him to, to care for the no, cow. She just wants a snack. She wants to kill it. <laughs> it's like, she's like, what? Well, that came out of me. I'm well, killing come it. Come on. With, how many times have you heard that in movies or just in general conversation? Dead. That, that mama bear cubs are sometimes mutilated and mauled yep. by their parents. 100%. So it's like, that's not. No. Yeah, Apparently anyway. they didn't teach him that in EPA Mercury school. <laughs> They're too busy telling bad jokes about Mercury. Yeah, dude. I'd get my money back. <laughs> so they get inside the cabin. And dude, Amon DeSante flips that table like dude, he's like Hercules. He's on a mission. He's he's amped up at this point. Oh yeah, I would he's be too. super amped up. And he still got his bow and arrow because that'll come into play in a second. Yeah, sure. Because there's only cool. two bullets. Yeah. Robbie EPA gets the this rifle and uh it's only two. He only has two rounds. Shell, two shells. And thank God he's such a good shot because he utilizes them well. So they're panicked and very much like the tunnel scene. It's quiet. All of a sudden, 
the whole ceiling to this cabin gets torn off. Right. Cause and the, the creature's standing over them. And then Robbie P turns and takes a shot at him, hits him right in the face too. What a great shot he is. Yeah. For a, an educated EPA man. Yeah. Well, you know, he's a rifleman. He's a woodsman. <laughs> We've already seen him fish. Right. He grew up on a ranch. He's from Texas. The actor is. Maybe that helped. Maybe that he's like, I can shoot. I'm from Texas. I want to put that in my backstop, my character. <laughs> for later. Because. Because I'm going to shoot something. Yeah. You know, Chuck. How is the bear suddenly tall enough to like rip the roof off of a cabin? That was my, was, was uh, like, I think he's what? standing on the porch. He's, he's standing on the trash, the trash bin in the back. <laughs> standing on the car. He's on top of the garage. Oh, right. I remember when we went in, I was like, wow, that's an easy thing up under the roof. Yeah, you're right. Totally. Could have gone in the chimney. Yeah. But it was full of burnt raccoon. <laughs> Stank. Oh my burnt God. raccoon hair. You're like, I'm allergic, Corey. So so Hawks like draws back and shoots an arrow into him too. And he's like, oh man, he's really taking hits. Now, here's the thing I want to point out. Great shot by Robbie P.A. Yep. You know, hitting yep. him in the eye or the face or whatever it was. Great shot by Armand Asante, hitting him right in the neck or the chest or whatever the hell it was. And then the reaction of the creature, I don't buy. You know I don't buy it? Because this thing's so big and strong, it's like knocking trees over and... and flipping trucks. And flipping trucks. <laughs> Tearing and the like, roofs off of buildings. I got a feeling, unless this, unless his, let's let you say before, his insides are on the outsides and so are his nerves. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, but I will say, like, the, my my favorite part of that sequence is when when uh, Armand Sante goes to pull that second arrow, he's trembling. There's that weird tremble right. in his hand. It was good, right? I bought it, and then he got pimp slapped. <laughs> so the monster just shows his McEnroe form again, yeah, and tosses this dude even further up a hill. Just to put it this way. Thank God there was no tree near him. Otherwise, he would have been a cloud of fucking duck feathers, too. You like, do. <laughs> I mean, it's funny, man. It looks like they shot that dummy out of a circus cannon. <laughs> and then it lands. Like, the, you know, the, the way they... It was a good edit. You could, didn't, you see, didn't you see the exhaust from the cannon? Yeah. They, well, it was fog. They yeah. hit it with the fog. It was fog. That's why it's so much fog. They hit it with the fog. We have to hide it. We have to hide our we effects. To, we have to hide the cannon. <laughs> Fog you need to hear it. <laughs> you need to hear it reset itself. Ready for take two. <laughs> now we got just it, like man. A, we just got like it. Disneyland. We got it. That was always such a bummer, like going to Disneyland and when they don't have whatever, like Pirates of the Caribbean is a, is a perfect example. When you're going through and they're having the, the cannonball fight. Oh, the, yeah. When the sound's not loud enough, but you can still hear all the mechanics. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. don't do that. Fix that. I just turned the sound, the soundtrack back up to deafening levels so I can enjoy myself. There's 30,000 people in the park today at $100 a pair. You can fix that. Just turn the knob louder. Just hire somebody to turn the volume up. <laughs> just one of your one of the guys down there in the secret restaurant could go up and turn up yeah. the fucking volume. Hey, cast member. Hey, uh, cast member pirate, Johnny Depp number 76. Do that. Turn up the volume. <laughs> turn up the volume. Do it. Pump up the volume. Hawks gets tossed. 
because and he lands and he's busted and dead. He's dead too. Dead as a doornail. The only time that we get to see Armand Masante's beautiful face mauled with anything, even though he should have lots of glass shard scratches on his yeah, face. Yeah, for sure. But he does not. Okay. But now, even with somebody that got tossed across the woods, you think about it, he has the makeup on his face might be a little bit much. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess unless the, I mean, because I feel like if the bear had slapped him in the face, his head would have come off. <laughs> Right? He slapped him. Yeah, right. So he hit him. He slapped him like in his body. In the back or something. Or yeah. right in the chest. Oh, he was just saying, oh, you're funny. And slapped him on the back and then he went flying. He fired the cannon. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but this is, we do get to see him like staring dead-eyed into the camera with some blood on his face. Yeah. But he's still very handsome. Yeah. Even in death. He's still, he's still our monosante. Yeah, man. With, his hair is perfect. It is. Dude, I wish I had. I mean, I always wanted hair like that. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Yeah, I like the Asante cut, please. Oh, no, that's a mold. No, it's not. Come on. But it uh, should also be no before he gets tossed, he puts another arrow or two in him. Yeah, I think he gets off three shots. Yeah, and just as he was getting ready to do another one is when he got tossed. Yeah. So now Robbie P.A. is like, he's scrambling to grab the bow and arrow and do a little something. My question is, didn't wouldn't the, wasn't the quiver attached to Armand Asante when he got jettisoned 40 feet away from the bow? Was he? I mean, he, he was wearing the quiver. Let's, pre- let's pretend like... Let's pretend it didn't happen. Right. He drops the quiver and the bow, <laughs> and then he gets slapped. Let's pretend that the movie we've been criticizing the whole time we didn't overlook something else that we can criticize. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't know that we're criticizing. I think I enjoyed no, the shit out no, of it. No, no. I just... I don't... I just... Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. pointing out things like that. So technically, people consider... Like, I mean, look, you can be a critic and talk about a movie that you love. It's still technically yeah. a critic, though, right? There's some goofy stuff going on in it, but, you know. Yeah. I can say that about every movie. So, there you have it. So, Robbie P.A. is now scrambling to get the bow and arrow and get a shot off. And before he can do it, Mama Bear picks him up. Yep. And he's got the arrow, and he's just, like, jabbing in her eye and in her face, just doing all this stuff. And, again, it goes back to the whole thing. Man, you're a sensitive mama bear. Yeah, right. I mean, and, and that arrow, I mean, dude, like I'm saying, here's the thing. The, the strength that it takes, look, look, let's just get on with it. He's stabbing it. And <laughs> he's and stabbing it. He's stabbing it. He's stabbing it. He's stabbing, he's stabbing it. Yeah, it's, it's now it, it drops him and, it, and, and it falls backwards. And it stumps across this very short dock, by the way. I should it got point shorter. That out. It was longer when they were laying on yeah. it, but whatever. And the creature falls into the water. And he's not happy yet. <laughs> Rob freaks out, dude. Rob, he just Rob EPA goes grabs home. the arrow and then he runs in like he runs and jumps off the dock like he's a base jumper yeah. with the arrow in his hand on top of the creature, lands on top of the creature and starts just stabbing it with the arrow like die, 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 die you evil thing. What? Yeah, dude. Just like the end of the fourth Friday the Thirteenth, where Corey Feldman, Feldman. Yeah. has the machete. Die. Damn, man. The, the post-process slow-mo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the worst thing ever. Die. And they're playing that music, and they're pushing in closer. And I'm like, oh. They're setting up another movie. Like, he's going to be the killer. They can't do that. They can't do that. Because, yeah, I'm all looking Jason like. Right. The Shaved head. his head. And Mama Bear's dead. And floating. Dead. Suddenly. The bear that couldn't swim is now floating. Is now full floating. Full of mercury. Oh, floating my. like a pool toy. Hey, let's go for a ride. It's a raft. Everybody climb on it. We're going to get an oar. We're going back across the lake. <laughs> go get the raccoon killing oar. Let's swim across. <laughs> but anyway, the pool toys floating away. Pool toys. And then it's daytime. It's daytime. Everything's all. Oh, hey. Lots of plane shots again. Right? Probably shot at the beginning. Same time they shot at the beginning. Of they're, the get, they're getting on a plane to go back to. So he can fucking write that and file that report. Right. 
waste all that paper. Waste all that fucking paper, man. We're back yeah. to square one. They don't need to, you know what? If they would have had the, they could just take the mutant bear and say, look, I don't need to waste any paper. Here it is. Here. Run some tests. This is what's going on. Right. You write the paper. I'm done. I'm on vacation. Plane flying away. We're having a baby. Planes flying away. Planes flying away. Forever. Yeah, a really long shot of a plane. And all of a sudden, right in the foreground, <laughs> jump scare. Jump scare. There's another bear. Holy shit. And Freeze frame. This doesn't look like a mutant bear. As you pointed out, this looks like a mutated beaver bear. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like a saber-toothed beaver tiger bear. It's a bearver. <laughs> yeah, bearver. Yeah, right? I mean, and it freeze frame, and then the credits start rolling over it. Oh, they freeze frame, but they're all, they're, they stay on a long time even before the freeze frame. I'm right. like going, you know, this doesn't look good, right? This looks terrible. <laughs> and then you're going to pause on it, too. What are we doing? Oh, no one's going to care. We need to make it longer. No, you don't. It's an hour and 45 minutes, no, 44 no. minutes. It's long enough. <laughs> Done, guys. And then the credits roll. And, and there the you go. Roll. Yay! Yeah, we did stay till the end, like we said, to see if the, we got our disclaimer from PETA. <laughs> PETA wasn't a thing. No, SPC, SP, SPCA. The animal people. Animal friends. No animals were harmed in the making of I'm not so film. sure. I'm going to have um, to maybe go no, back and I look. Don't, I don't think there is one there because, dude, there's no way that raccoon was a mess with. There's no way. There's yeah. no way... They were humane to nothing. Nope. Hum, nothing was done that was humanely humane to make it do that. To make it do it in no. that porch. No, 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 not at all. If you happen to watch this movie and you've never seen it before, and you get to that scene and you turn it off, and just don't send us any hate mail. We're telling you right now, if you turn it off, totally get it. It's traumatic. I mean, literally. Yeah. I, I wanted. I there was a moment I was like, I don't know if I can finish watching this. Because you want to when you watch a movie, especially a movie like this. It's a horror movie with supernatural elements, but it gets too close to home with the message they're sending. So, it's believable in a lot of ways. Much more. That's when when you see monster movies like that are believable or or more believable than most. Then you're when you see a moment like that, it actually sells it the whole thing even more so. And I'm like. Dude, there's no way that that animal wasn't messed with. Nope. And now you're taking you out of the movie. Because it took me a good 15 minutes after that to kind of get myself back into it again. Because I sat there and paused. I got up something to get something to drink. Because I, I couldn't process it. No, it's 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 pretty horrible, man. Yeah. It's like, it is, it's shocking how like, I'm like, is this really happening? I mean, I was watching by myself and I was like, I wish there was somebody here I could ask. Like, yeah. am I out of my mind or is that real? Did they just, did they, they did that to that raccoon? Yeah. I watched it like two or three times. I just rewound it. I'm like, going, what did they do to that animal? Ugh. But the reason why I'm surprised about it is because what they felt was acceptable with the mutant cub, as right. far as the movement, why couldn't you just got a fake raccoon and done that same movement? You would have been fine with it, right? I mean, and all the just, money they spent on puppets. I mean, come on. Just I mean, saying. I don't, I don't think they spent a lot of money on the puppets. That's the problem. <laughs> well, I'm just saying it wouldn't have been anything. If they would have put one more bad puppet, I, I would have been way happier. Right. Than, but you know what would help sell the puppet a little bit better? You know, put some fur on it where it looks like a real raccoon and then you would have bought into it. Yep. One of the things that you have a hard, I had a hard time digesting, which when you had that lack of movement in the mutant cubs, yep. what that's what help doesn't help sell the illusion is the fact that it, it doesn't look like anything real it doesn't look real so when you don't give it real movements if you're telling me it's a mutant of x y and z and it doesn't move like any of those right x y's or z's yep okay it's hard it's hard to look it's hard to look at that and be like it's hard it's it's like looking at green screen or like you know right. a lot of digital like you just your eyes your eye your eye sees real life every day so it's like 
Right. Suddenly something is moving like, you know, like a, yeah. like a bird doesn't move like that. So, I mean, here's the thing. So here we are. We're going we're gonna to try to show our consistency going forward. Two in a row. Is it better remembered or remembered better? And I, I, don't, I don't think you can tell just by the tone of my voice of me bringing that up. I remember the movie better than it actually is. And I don't know if that's just me being older. But, I, you know, I, I promise you, 10-year-old me loves that movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean. 10-year-old me is what said to you, let's do this movie. Right. I mean, for me, is it better remembered or remembered? Uh, to me, it's probably better to remember it because I didn't remember. It's still entertaining. It made me yeah, laugh. No, no, it's I mean, still, it's still entertaining, but, but I think. I don't have the same. Seeing it again, I'll never, I'll never have the, I'll never be 10 again is what I'm going to say. Right. <laughs> it, you'll never be 10 again. Um the things that make it entertaining for a 10-year-old are are fine. They're still there and still intact that make it work. I think, well, at least for me, where I lose my way in it is 50-year-old me watching it, going all those little things I didn't see as a 10-year-old. I'm like, oh, gosh, the baby thing. And it's like the abortion thing. And it's like, you know, I've lived four more decades than I was in the age I was when I saw the movie. Yes. And yeah. that adult me is shaped who I obviously I shaped who I am I didn't become who I am until my starting my starting my 15 16 17 into my 20s became aware of abortion and things like that like this movie's fucking heavy dude there's a to me I feel like they tried to put you know there's too much going on there's I mean right and and, you know think about it for for movies 143 144 they do put a lot in it but doesn't feel too fatty nope i will say this the movie does move it it never lagged i never was like god get on with it right i mean it it, it's got a good pace it's uh, it's cut well it's edited quickly you don't you get all the story you'll ever need and then some and but it doesn't feel like you're bogging down right you know there's lots of good things about this movie and the things that i'll never enjoy again as a 10 year old there are there's a lot of entertaining things for a 50 year old um it did make me laugh Mm. uh i whether it's intentional or unintentional, I did enjoy it, but not the same way that I would have enjoyed it. And like, you know, I kind of look back at the, uh, uh, you know, I could have probably not watched it and enjoyed it the way I did when I was 10. Right. You know, now it's kind of, it's a different enjoyment for sure. So I'm going to say better remembered. Yeah. Is my, I'm going right there. But don't, don't let that stop you from watching oh. the movie because it's worth watching, especially if you haven't seen it before. If you've before. never seen it, you yeah. should absolutely see yes. it. Yes. And now, because if a movie like this got made, all those things we talked about before about all the heavy handed stuff, dude, tell me right now, tell me about, uh, tell me a movie right now about our, our environmental distress that we're in. Yeah. Back then it was just, it was every just, other movie. <laughs> right. Back then it was just, it, but it was always very specific. Yeah. Totally. Look what's happened to the animals with this. This is this. This is this. This is this. Now, right now, and it's been like this for 25, 30 years. We've been talking about the fucking rainforest. Well, we at also. Least, at least it's been in, in our conscious anyway, right? I feel like now what movies address in the same, similar thing or the way, it's more of like technology. Right. Like all the Transformer movies. Okay. They're, they're kind of junk foodie garbage. Right. Popcorn movies. But right. it's, you know, it's. Man created all this technology, and now technology is right. Well, that's Terminator. Yeah, this Terminator, what happens. This Skynet. is what happens when you make the machines, and for right or wrong reasons, here's what happens when you do yeah. some something not well thought out. Correct. Now, but 
this, like I said, this movie would play these days. This movie would get made now, but it wouldn't be the mixed bag of things. It would be one thing. Correct. They'd focus on the environmental thing. It most certainly wouldn't be focusing on anti-abortion, even though that is my, very much a, a pin topic right now. Yeah. You know, you got a bunch of states running around trying to say that a woman miscarriage can be potentially Put in uh, prison. a crime. Yeah. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, yeah. Alabama. <laughs> yeah. Double that for me. Atlanta has that problem too. There's like just like five or six states that are just completely off the fucking rails, and yeah. the numbers increase every day. So yeah. People are losing their losing people. their minds. It's like they've gone back in time. Uh, Translucent old white men, paper thin, paper thin skin. They're so white you can see through them. I'm uh, purple. I, they look they look like the mutant. They look cut. like the yeah totally. Your your insides are on your outside. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's definitely, here's the thing too, is think about this. The guy who directed this movie also directed The Manchurian Candidate. Right. Seven Days in May, Seconds, uh, Grand Prix? Is it Le Mans? Le, one of Le them. Le Mans, Le Mans, Le Mans, Con. Le Mans, Le Mans. <laughs> I'm one uh, of the Cannes Film Festival. You know, and French Connection too. And 52 Pickup. I'm just saying. 52 Pickup. Know, very, uh, very mixed bag. But I mean, if you think about who else is in 52 Pickup besides Roy Scheider and Anne Margaret? Roy, John Glover. That's who it is. Vanity. Oh, I don't care about Vanity. Kelly Preston. It's John Glover. John Glover's who I couldn't think of. Um, Clarence Williams III. I don't know why I couldn't think of John Glover. I follow him on Instagram. I like John. John Glover's awesome in 52 Pickup. Yeah, John's great. 52 Pickup is a movie we might have to talk about someday. It's speaking a weird, of, it's speaking a weird of two, movie. Gremlins 2. He's great in Gremlins 2. Yeah. Robocop 2. He's great in Robocop 2. Fuzzy in Robocop. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, almost forgot. John Glover, always solid. So, well, oh. so, so there you go. Watch your. It, it's a movie's currently available on Amazon Prime. If you are in the United States, I don't know how it affects you in the Canadian market. Outbacks. In the <laughs> Sorry, Canadian <Tom>. market. <laughs> in the Canadian outback. Wait a second. That's not. We've been. I know in the past we've done kicks of the week, but I think we're not doing it now. I think what we're going to start doing, we're doing a little Monday, like a, instead of doing kicks of the week every episode, we're doing kickstart of the week. And we're just talking about things we just did over the previous weekend and things that are coming up entertainment wise. And then we'll reconvene the following Friday. Well, really, it's the next Wednesday because we record two days. We only record once a week. But this week we did. We did twice this we week. We did twice this week. This is day two. Um, Monday, Wednesday. So. If you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at KaratePod. You can follow me at Corey Culp. And on Instagram, I'm Culprit97. On Twitter, you may follow me at Raven Shattuck. Or you can follow me on Instagram at Rock and Roller 33 on your FM dial.